this podcast, I'm going to be exploring EFT, but I managed to do the whole podcast without actually telling you what EFT stands for. So let me start it off with this. EFT stands for Emotional Freedom Techniques. It's also known as tapping. I use tapping and EFT interchangeably, but I hope you enjoy this episode of The Echoes. You're listening to The Echoes with me, Emily Andrew, the self-development podcast that explores personal stories, powerful tools, and an insight into the wide world of mental, physical, and spiritual health. Get ready to get curious, be inspired, and connect in. Welcome back to another episode of The Echoes. I think I'm getting used to talking to myself slash into a microphone, but I'm very much looking forward to bringing on some guests. I am going to do an episode today, and there'll probably be quite a few over the course of this podcast because it is such a big topic. But I wanted to do a an episode about EFT and to give you, if you've never come across it before, to give you an idea about what it is, how it works, and why it's so effective. Now, EFT is a huge part about of what I use in, in the work that I do with people. And it's something that I feel really connected to and I'll tell you a story about it about me and for those of you who are in the skeptic uh basket then hold on (laughs) because yeah so I basically went to a medium years ago she's a medium in Cheltenham well just outside Cheltenham who I've been to see a few times, and I went to go and see her. I think this was the first time I went and saw her ever. And it was a really impactful session because essentially I was testing her because I was a bit skeptical. I kind of believed it was probably possible, but I wasn't really sure. I was a big fan of Tyler Henry, the Hollywood medium, if anyone's ever watched him absolutely fascinating and I just thought but is it really is it real and so I went along and I had a couple of bracelets in my bag that were my nanny's and now I don't really wear jewelry Alan gets pretty fed up because I never wear my wedding rings um I mean I don't think I've been hit on in the past like 10 years so there's no problem in that area Um, but I just never really wear it the only thing I really wear is my watch and I now have a necklace which has got my son's finger thumbprint on it and that is like connected to me but I'm not a jewelry person I don't have my ears pierced um obviously I've got my nose pierced but I don't look that great with all the bling um so I didn't have any jewellery on at all when I went to see her. And I had my nan's bracelet in my bag, just as a bit of a tester. And she ended up saying, you've got jewellery on you. You've got jewellery on you or with you. And I guess that could have been a kind of 
hit in the dark, stab in the dark, which just so happened to be successful. But she also said to me, please don't feel bad about not saying goodbye. You don't have to feel guilty about that. And my nanny was an incredible woman and she died of bone cancer. And I lived with her, I was living with her at that time. And I remember my dad had said, she's not looking good, you might want to go and see her. And I didn't because I was too scared. I thought, I'll go and see her tomorrow. She'll she'll be better tomorrow. And I didn't go. And that night she passed away, passed on. And it was so weird because it was like Christmas. Because at Christmas we all used to get together in the hall. And when we were younger, my cousins, my uncles, my aunties, we always used to go to my nan's house and we'd open our presents and there'd be people on the stairs, there'd be people at various, like just all sat in the hall, basically just sat on the floor. There was one chair, I think, on the hall, in the, in the hall, yeah, there was. And after Nanny passed away, we all came together again in the hall. My grandpa was sat on the chair and we all just stood, like sat with her. And for years and years and years after that, I really beat myself up for not going and saying goodbye, not going and telling her that I loved her one one more time. And for her to say that to me, you know, please don't say goodbye, sorry about, please don't feel bad about saying goodbye, was like, oof. And it was such a hit, it was such a needed thing for me that I didn't really pay attention to what else she said. And she was talking about my work. And at that time I was just teaching Pilates. Um, and I just kind of really realized that I wasn't set out. I wasn't meant to work for people. I wasn't meant to, you know, go and live, work in corporate that I, which is what I was doing. I was having anxiety attacks all the time. It was, I was drinking too much, you know, I was, I was not in a great place. Um, but she said to me, you know, I see you standing in front of hundreds of people. And I was like, well, I've said goodbye to acting. So I don't think, I don't know how that's going to happen with Pilates maybe. And then she said meridians. And I was like, what the fuck is meridian? <laughs> I got no idea what that is, what that word is. And I said, and she said, meridians, you're going to work with meridians. And I thought, right, okay, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that means. But I'd had this amazing experience with my nan. So I kind of took it on board, kind of. And I bought a book, which I still have, actually. And even, I mean, how long ago was this? This was probably like, nah, no, eight years ago, I think. Seven, eight years ago. And I still haven't read this book. I've still got it. <laughs> it's called Meridian Massage. Um, but I, I was like, I don't get it. This isn't, I'm not interested in this. This isn't something I'm, I'm keen on. And then fast forward to a few years ago and I hear about this thing called EFT when I'm doing my eating disorder practitioner training and they introduced it as, you know, it's, it's a really impactful, it's a kind of somatic and cognitive therapy, um, 
it's really good with cravings. So if you have clients who struggle with um, things like binge eating or are kind of addicted to certain things, it's a really good way of working with cravings. And I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. I don't know what it is, but I ended up booking the course, not really knowing anything about it. And on the first day of my course, the instructor said, EFT uses acupuncture or acupressure points, and that comes from Chinese medicine, which is all about meridians. So whether that was the thing that piqued my interest, I don't know. But it was really interesting because it was like, I know that word. I recognize that word. And I haven't ever looked back. So EFT for me is something that it took me some time to get into. Because when EFT was first created, so it's been around in one form or another for about 50 years, okay? It started off, I mean, there's always been certain, there's been really old books that talk about tapping on acupressure points when you're working with fears and phobias. And then a, I think it was a psychologist called Roger Callahan turned up and he was working with a woman with a real fear of water and it was a really like this woman would not get into a bath and he read about the fact that if you tap on acupressure points it has some uh way of working in the body that can help you to get over kind of these things so he thought he'd apply it in the, with this woman as a bit of an experiment because they'd been doing lots of sessions they hadn't really got anywhere with her And he had one session with her. And after that one session, this woman was able to jump into a swimming pool. So you can imagine everybody kind of picks up their ears and like, how has this happened? What is this? And he created TFT. And TFT, I am not trained in it, but from my knowledge, it was quite prescriptive. So you tapped in a certain way for certain issues. And it was really, really expensive to train in. It was something that cost thousands, tens of thousands, I think. And in order to do a session, because it had such a big change and such like, amazing results, it people charged a lot, a lot of money because they didn't need money. They had one or two, you know, whatever. And Gary Craig came along and Gary Craig was an engineer who was really interested in self-development. And he learned, he trained in TFT, and he thought, engineer's brain, why don't we just make it easier and tap on all the points? Why don't we just tap it all and in a routine, you know, keep it the same, and then you don't have to worry about learning specific things in different ways, you know, you're covering all the all the acupressure points, you're covering all the meridians, so why don't we just do that, and he then, from there, created EFT, and EFT, when it first was introduced in the 90s, it was a way of balancing energy in the body, and he believed that illness, stress, disease was 
all created because of blockages of energy in the body, disruption of energy in the body. And the tapping process helped to move that energy that was stuck or unblock those channels, which then allowed us to move past these issues, whether it would be phobias, fears, anxiety, depression, pain, sensitivities, etc. So that was how it was known. And a lot of practitioners who have been training for 20 years or so will still very much talk about it as energy in the body. Because it's true in terms of, you know, we are working with energy. It's Chinese medicine. They've said it works with energy. There are hundreds and hundreds of uh, different studies looking at acupuncture and acupressure and the effectiveness of them and how that they can, you know, help with different illnesses and diseases. And it is down to the fact that, you know, we are all energy. Everything is energy. I'm energy. You're, you're looking at this. If you're watching it, you're looking at it through the ability of energy being able to come and create into things. And we can say that for facts because you can look at science and we're learning even more and more and more about the way that energy is, the, the world, the universe, everything. But when I first came to it and it was explained to me as energy, I just didn't really get it. I wasn't, I was open to believing in something bigger than us. I was I'm not, I wasn't religious. I still don't class myself as a religious person. Um, I don't have strong beliefs. I'm open and I'm curious now, but back then I was a lot more skeptical. And when somebody talked to me about it being energy, and a really spiritual thing, I just kind of got a bit turned off, I just, I thought, I don't know, I thought this was the thing, and I was really excited about this thing, but I'm not sure now, and so my way into it was actually learning the research, and learning how it actually works with your body, and because there's been 20 years plus of research, and at the moment they, uh, you know, Peter Stapleton, who's one of the leading EFT researchers she is uh her and her team are kind of putting in to the APA the American Psychological Association uh evidence to essentially get the APA to class it as an evidence-based treatment for PTSD there is so much research and different studies randomized controlled trials which are kind of one of the gold standards of, of research. They've got meta-analysis. They've got loads of different things that are showing just how effective EFT is. And now we can actually say how it works in the body and why it works, why we think it works. And for me, that was what I needed to get myself over the hump. So if you've never heard of EFT before, the way that I like to explain it is that and you might have heard it put in this thing, it's a bit like psychological acupressure. It is a mix between the somatic, which is tapping on acupressure points in the face and upper body, with the cognitive, so that could be looking at exposure or reframing, different cognitive interventions. You can, it, the, the world really is your oyster. And what it does, by com combining the mind and the body together, it it has the ability to work really deeply in the brain and in the body. 
So it appears to affect our amygdala, which is our stress center of the brain. So this is what fires off if we feel like we are at risk, like our life is at risk if we are stressed. And anxiety and stress is a necessary part of life. So EFT doesn't reduce your ability to ever have anxiety or ever be stressed by things, but it enables you to have an appropriate response to whatever it is. Because we're living in a really stressful, highly stressed, highly anxious world where there is threat and there is danger everywhere. Our brain is just, a part of our brain is still stuck back in the olden days with saber-toothed tigers and woolly mammoths. And it is firing off all the time. I'm at risk, we're in danger. But it doesn't understand the difference between real or imagined stresses. So we can get just as stressed presenting to a room full of 100 people and we can get just as stressed as that by imagining the fact that we might have to present to a room of 100 people. Our body responds in the same way. Is it fires off all of those hormones, it fires off that cortisol, that fight or flight response goes into overdrive. And if we are faced with an escaped bear, then great, we need that. But if we're faced with Janine from accounts, and we are having that response. I have no idea where Janine from Accounts came into. Sorry to all Janines. But if we have that same response, then our body is being put under unnecessary stress. It doesn't have that appropriate response, okay? So what EFT helps to do is it helps to calm the amygdala down and it also works with the hippocampus, which is our memory sensor. So we can actually do deep change work with it as well. So there is a few ways that, that we can work with it. We can work with it as an emotional first aid response. So when we're feeling stressed or anxious or scared or angry, any kind of extreme feeling of emotion, overstimulated, dysregulated in our nervous system, when we're feeling that, we can tap. And even just something simple like tapping and breathing can help our amygdala to calm down, it will lower cortisol, it will allow us to get back into our parasympathetic nervous system, which is like our rest rest and digest system, which is the opposite of our sympathetic, which is that fight and flight. And it will enable us to feel much calmer in the moment. So emotional first aid, that's the first way that we can use it. And once you learn EFT, you can do it yourself. You don't need somebody else to be with you all the time which is why I really like it because my clients once they learn the basics they can go off and they can use it as much or as little as they like they can use it as a way to set themselves up for the day or de-stress after a day they can use it if they are feeling anxious if they've got you know issues at home or you know somebody's cut them up and they're really annoyed with it and then you can work deeper So you can work with beliefs and events, experiences, memories, things that have happened, because those are the things that usually keep an issue. So if we think we're an anxious person, it is usually because there are things that have happened in our lives that contribute to that state. And what you can do is not only because you can, can you tap in 
when you are feeling anxious, you can tap on the deeper stuff to enable yourself to move past it. And the research for me is really interesting. So I'm going to just read you out some of the numbers. And this is taken from a study that included 203 participants at six clinical EFT workshops. So this is done by Peter Stapleton and her team. Um, and it was basically looking at how EFT improved multiple psychological markers of health. And what they found through this was cortisol, which is that stress hormone, that was reduced by 37%. Pain, reduced by 57%. Anxiety, reduced by 40%. Depression, reduced by 35%. PTSD symptoms, reduced by 32%. Blood pressure, down by 8%. Food cravings, down by 74%. And they actually found that our immune system markers, so the, the markers that are responsible for things like inflammation, um, that kind of thing, inflammation, stress, those, those things, they were actually improved by 113%. And happiness, which is the one I quite like, is up by 31%. Now, can you imagine if we were all 31% happier? That would be amazing. So this was just one of the, the bits of research and they've done things like fMRI brain scans where they did a four week food trial looking at cravings and what they found at the beginning of the trial when somebody looked at a food they craved, the part of the brain that is responsible for that craving, that kind of reward center was lit up, really beautifully lit up because that person was just, you know, mouthwateringly wanted that craving. And then after four weeks of this study, that not only did the person kind of report that they didn't really have the craving for that food anymore, but it was no longer the brain, that part of our brain that was lit up before wasn't, wasn't lit up anymore. And they've looked at chronic pain. They did a study in 2020 where they did another brain scan study and they saw that the chronic pain had actually reduced to a, a, an appropriate response of pain. So the possibilities with it are really endless. And it is really a tool, you know, it's, it's not a therapy. EFT is not a therapy. It is a tool. And we can utilize a tool as much or as little as we want to. And if you get on with EFT, you, the, the, the opportunities really are endless. I've worked with people on food sensitivities, on extreme experiences, life or death experiences, huge grief experiences, on pain, on food issues. A lot of the work that I do with eating disorders, I do a lot of EFT because it's really helpful when it comes to things like our body image, our self-esteem, all of these different factors. It's a really incredible tool to be able to utilize and learn and experiment with. And we can do that. And it, cause it's really safe. It doesn't re-traumatize. They did a study with PTSD where they looked at veterans and the ability for PTSD to no longer be 
evident, you know, the, these people no longer classified as having PTSD by the end of this study was in, is insane. It's, it's the ability and the, the opportunity with it is, is fascinating. And we can say it's evidence-based because there is so much evidence, but because the APA haven't technically ticked it off as saying it's evidence-based, I don't tend to say that it's evidence-based because some people will dispute that and they will say, well, technically it's not because it hasn't been hasn't been given the go-ahead by the APA. But there are over 600 identified forms of psychology and many of them have little to no research to validate them. CBT is really widely known because it's like the gold standard of therapy because of the research. And energy psychology, which is what EFT is underneath and TFT and, and all of those kind of things, that's in the top 10% in terms of published research for psychotherapy modalities, the top 10%. So this is the stuff I needed as the little skeptic that I was, (laughs) because I needed to understand that it worked in the brain and body, that it had the potential to work biochemically, that it worked with genes, you know, one hour of tapping can help to affect 72 different genes in the body and these genes are responsible for inflammation stress cancer causing genes they're able to kind of deregulate the ones that are unhelpful and upright like it it brings our body back it's fascinating and I'll go into lots of other things but this could be a whole lecture and I think it's starting to turn into one so I will leave you be But I guess the thing with EFT is that it is something that can be adapted for each individual. So there is a standard route. So clinical EFT is what you will most likely see me doing because it's the same, it's evidence, you know, this is what all the research is for, but it doesn't mean that other types don't work. Now, what you do need to do is you do need to tap on an acupressure point because they've done studies with sham tapping where they've tapped on point parts of the body that do not have this point. And they've found that the, the results aren't the same. So it does need to be an acupressure point. You know, it can't just be random. But you know, if you choose to skip a point like the underarm point because it's not comfortable to get to, it doesn't mean EFT won't work. If you choose not to talk, it doesn't mean EFT won't work. It it just might mean that you have to make sure that you're really focused on the issue that you're working on. You know, if you're tapping on your fear of flying and all you're thinking about is the washing up that needs to be done, you're probably not going to get that far that quick. <laughs> but even if you there's part of you that doesn't believe the EFT works or you know you've tried everything else so why is this going to be any different those are the things you can actually start with and start tapping on straight away and even me who has seen some absolutely insane things through EFT through my work as a practitioner every now and then if I'm working for myself and doing my own procedure where I kind of you know pick things that either I'm working through or things that have come up even me every now and then I have to go I'm not sure this is going to work for me and I tap through it because 
that little skeptic inside me is still there. She's a lot quieter now and she's less annoying, but I accept that she's there and that's okay because for me and for a lot of the people that I work with actually, knowing the idea of where EFT came from, how it works and why it works is a really important thing. You know, some people will just go with it. And I think that that's a beautiful thing to be able to do. But other people can't, and that's okay. You've got to find the right avenue into you, into it for you. And that's why when I heard recently that they've actually think that they've found this meridian system, it's called the primovascular system, because they've been, you know, they've injected dye into it and they found that not only does the dye track through the system, through this meridian system that we believed that was there but we could never prove, it actually pooled in the acupressure points. Like, that's amazing. Chinese medicine has been telling us something for years and like hundreds and thousands of years. And now we can start, like, the science is starting to catch up with this. You know, we don't know everything. We have to suspend our disbelief in some areas. But it's up to you where you choose to draw the line and where you choose to believe to. And that's okay. It's nobody's job to persuade you that anything or any one way works. And that's the other thing. I am passionate about EFT. But I recognise that it's not for everyone and that is okay. I went to... Uh, a festival this year and I did a talk I did a workshop and afterwards somebody came up to me and they just said I don't know about it I'm not sure I'm not sure I believe it and I said that's fine it's not I'm not here to convince you you know I'm not on a on a grand tour of the of, of the UK trying to get everyone to convert to EFTism like <laughs> that is not is not my mission my mission is to offer people the information, the knowledge that they need and a safe space to explore if they have got things that are bigger that or that they just want support in. And, and that's it, you know, I, I, I don't need to convince anyone. I don't, all I'm doing is I'm just sharing my passion and talking into the void right now mumbling away so if you've got any questions about EFT or if you would like any episodes that are specific to specific things then let me know because part of this po podcast is about the tools that we can use and there are so many different tools you know there's CBT there's DBT there is getting out in nature there is EFT there's matrix re-imprinting there's Reiki there's healing there's acupuncture there's acupressure there's screaming into the woods when you're that pissed off. There is so many avenues that you can take. And if one of them doesn't work for you, it doesn't mean that you're broken. It doesn't mean that you're beyond saving. You just need to find what works for you. And sometimes it comes down to timing. And that's, that's it, you know? I hope that you've enjoyed today's episode and let me know if you have any thoughts or ideas or anything you'd like to explore in these echoes. And I'm on Instagram 
at We Are Mind Body. I have my DMs open, so if anyone has any questions or any requests, please let me know. If you know any guests that you think would be amazing on this podcast, either to share some of their tools that they practice. Dexter is like trying to quietly move along the floor. Like he looked like he was trying to tiptoe then and it just failed completely because it's like a kind of wood floor and he's got very long, well it's not very long, they've been cut, but claws. Not sly. But if you have any guests or recommendations that you would like, somebody you'd like on, whether they have got a really important story to tell or whether they are a practitioner themselves in or a therapist or anything, I want to hear about it and I want to hear about you. So I hope that whenever you're listening to this, that it is a good day. And if it's not a good day, then there's always hope for tomorrow. I hope you are well and I look forward to seeing you again soon.